it is still on TBS like eight times a day, right. five days a week. I don't know if that's going to end. I don't think that show will ever go up the air. Season. No, it's, it's like it's what? Friends. Uh, I was going to say, I don't think they, they aired the most recent season. And even though it's like the days of like waiting around for your shows to come on at a certain time are over, you know, so. Especially since, and I, and I know this because I watch it every day, like it, you know, it'll air for like a few hours a night on almost all weeknights, but they're not going along the same timelines. Like the Tuesday night shows are completely different season than the Thursday, so they're not they're not going in order. No, why would they? They kind of just want to keep you around at this point in time. So exactly, what happened to us talking about Big Bang Theory with Nate, Sam, and Hugh? Must... Talk about Big Bang Theory all day, every day, and we can we can go right into it if you want. Like why okay, not? Well, I mean, I, it's a happy show. I can tell you where I can tell you where the, where the, the I'll give you the episodes I don't like. How about we start with those? <laughs> that's, that's fine. Let's let's hear what you got here. Uh, specifically, the um, there was the end of episode, end of season two when Penny broke up with Leonard for the first time because oh. he said he loved her and she didn't feel the same way, and they broke up at the bowling alley with Will Wheaton. It was a big it was a big to do. It was a disaster. They didn't get back together until season four. In the middle of that, Penny, uh, Leonard started dating uh, Raj's sister, who lived in London, and her name was Priya, which is a whole other thing with me that we don't even need to go down that road. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, then they didn't get back together till like season five, and then they pretty much stayed together through the end of the show. They had some hiccups here and there, right? But yeah, that 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 ra- that end of season two through mid season. Four is uh, those were those were the dark ages of the uh, Big Bang you know, Big Bang Theory universe. Wow. Okay. And it went twelve seasons, by the way. In yeah. case you're wondering, I think it went twelve seasons. Yeah. They're rich. I mean, they good for them for having one minority more than Friends, but um, considering this is like Caltech and that type of crowd, you would think it'd be a little bit more diverse, personally. But um, yeah, I mean. Josh's dad always says that the show reminds him of all of Josh's friends. Right. And if you and if you know Josh, like he has like like three best friends that he's known since like second grade, and they all grew up in Ventura, and they're all in different places now. Um, but in the world, in, in the country, one's in Austin, one's up north in San Jose, and one's in like nearby in Camarillo. Um, but I mean. They are pretty nerdy in that sense. Oh, yeah. But they're like cool nerds, you know. But um, one has like a PhD in artificial intelligence, you know. Yeah. So there you go. Greg, right? Isn't yeah. Greg? Yeah. He lives in Austin and he um, used to work for Apple. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because they'll start talking and stuff. And then like all the wives will just like slowly walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's yeah. like... Not that it's not interesting, because it is, but they get so in-depth into certain whatever that, like, we kind of just want to talk about, like, you know, normal things. What? And stuff. You know, life and our kids and, like, you know. And it's not like we talk about super girly things by any means, but we just, it's just too much. I don't know. Like, especially at a party, you know, you just want to, like, hang out and, like, catch up on, like, people's lives and stuff like that. But they're pretty hardcore. So, I mean, it's it's funny, (laughs) but... um. I feel like our friends, Nate, in particular, are very different than them. <laughs> I'd say. We're, we're going to have a Madonna-themed party for, you know. Excuse me, what? 40th, we're having a Madonna-themed party for people's 40th birthday. You're invited to you. I'll send you the link oh, once okay. we figure all that stuff out. The, the but, spots are know, filling Nate, up, Nate, though. The, you're gonna, if you're, if you're, it's Zoom, okay, or whatever iteration. No, I mean the, no, I, I mean the sure. spots of uh, which uh, era Madonna you're gonna go as. Oh, like, oh yeah, see, I've already changed. Well, no, I've, she has I'm so many. She has so many that like all of us can be an iteration of Madonna, and if they're duplicates, it's fine, you know. But um, uh, uh, Nate, Annie, and Andrea are, are all turning forty in August. So, oh, okay, yes, um, the big four O. Yeah, it's. See, yeah, and yeah, Andrea's tomorrow. Yeah, I don't mean to. Um, yeah, so I've I've gone through many already. Hugh, my first thought about the Madonna I want to be is uh, Dick Tracy Madonna. That's a good call. You know what? I I can't pull off that platinum hair. 
No, what you could um, do though. I can't pull up any. Hair. You can pull up any hair because you could buy a wig because you're bald, and you could put any yeah. wig on and you'd be fine. Like I wanted you to go as a blonde ambition one because I just want you to wear like a bra with cones and like a really high ponytail. I could do that. I could do that. But uh, either way, I'm I'm going to um, incorporate her newest style, Hugh, that I've, I'm sure you've seen when she released that X album last year. And all she does is wear eye patches with a big X on them. Oh, right, right, so right. So I'm going to wear an eye patch. Oh, I'm... I was thinking of going Avita, but with an eye patch. Um, <laughs> cross-pollinating <laughs> or, eras. Yeah, I'm cross-pollinating. I'm, I'm mixing it up. Or I, there's the, the Cherish video where I could just roll around in the sand. There's just so many options. You can't, though, Nate. You're in Missouri. Like, we can do that in, Cal- in, in, in Southern California. We have sand. Have I you know, not seen but Lake it's of the different. Ozarks? It's different. Do you really want to all go to the, the Ozarks all, for your birthday? All, all the parties are down there now. Uh, yes. Yes, I do. You have to apply the black and white filter. Uh, yes. Because the video is black True. and white. True. Um, I don't know. It's really hard because I, I actually have, like, that could be, like, 80s Madonna. But um, I gravitate towards, like, one of my favorite albums is Ray of Light. So, um I don't know. You go like denim, didn't you? I feel like with the like the video Denim's for easy, Ray, you know, yeah. But I don't have. Well, yeah, it wasn't. I feel like in the Ray Light video, she was wearing a lot of denim. Yeah, she just wore like a denim shirt. Yeah, and she just had like blonde, kind of curlyish hair. I mean, that's pretty easy. And then I could like set up my Zoom background as like you know a city, a city like you know cars driving by or whatever. Um, so I was thinking about that. That's pretty easy. But like Frozen's actually one of my favorite videos of all time from hers. I remember. So that. that's that's all. She's just dressed in black. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it's fun because there's, you know, the material girl. And then I, I could also do Express Yourself, which I love. But I just, I which, can't pull off the blonde hair. Which was the um, the video, the kind of creepy, was it Open Your Heart when she was the stripper? Oh, and yeah, like, the peep show was, one? And it was like, a little, yeah, it was just like a peep show, but it was a little like a little boy that she was dancing to. It was very creepy. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. you know what's funny is that the material girl video, like, you know how she... Um, ends up dating this the photographer who is like super old and beardy and drives like a bronco i don't know if you remember that like that was supposed to be like a sexy guy in a music video which is fascinating to me that that like exists 80s were wild i know god you missed him hugh for you i i could see the the take a bow era uh madonna like like with the bullfighters i think i could i could see that oh Wow, that's a I, I'm I, I, that actually would be kind of easy. Just need to get like one of. And those. I think I do think you it, do you have a matador outfit? I, I wish I had I, one. Do, why would I have a matador outfit? I don't know. Some people why do. You have a I mean, it's outfit. some people dress up for Halloween have, and shit. Like, I don't know. I've been wearing one of two onesies for Halloween for like the last four years. That is true. So that is true. The last the last time I recall you actually dressing up was, I believe, Patrick Bateman. Um, no, well, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. I did Bob Ross. I also did. Uh, I think I did a few more. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I did uh, her one year, but nobody was around that year. Oh no. So wait, uh, was Bob Ross the year that I was Mona Lisa? Do you remember that? I think it was either that. No, I think Bob or you were, Ross was the year that you guys were Heisenberg. And, yep. Uh, okay. And Jesse. Yeah. I think See, that's what I'm thinking sure, too. It was at the den. It was. Yeah, because that, that the year that you were. Mona Lisa was incredible. Uh, you know, for the listeners out there trying to picture it, maybe you've seen this costume before, but it is a full-size Mona Lisa framed everything. It's And you kind of just put your face through it. And it was just really funny. She walked into the restaurant we were eating at, and it was like... It's hard to the, eat, by the way. Getting through the door was, one, was, was something. It was like, yeah, and then sitting, and then just... There were very hard few... To- very yeah, few people to... in the restaurant that were actually in costume, which made it even funnier. And we were right by the But it was door. Halloween weekend. It was Halloween weekend, so it, it was. wasn't like... It was. I mean, everybody else no. was dressed up. Um, it was hard to drink, actually. That was my biggest, con- yeah. like, annoyance. Because you couldn't put your arms around the... The frame. Yeah. I still have it. That was a... It was a good costume. I don't... I, I, yeah, Naj was uh, Slash, I believe. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was a night I, I couldn't get an Uber or a taxi, and Z drove me to my car, which he's, like, my favorite valet person in the world. I don't even know if he's still at the den. Oh, he left a while back. Like, yeah. Oh, he was the best. Like, he's the best. 
and he, I think he had just had his kid, like maybe, I mean, I think maybe his kid was like a year old or something at that time. So he's just like, oh yeah, I have to go home and, you know, but he like gave me a ride to my car because at the time I was working in Beverly Hills. So it wasn't that far, but it was still nice. It was very a nice. very nice gesture because I was literally just standing on the street waiting for a freaking taxi to drive by in my Mona Lisa costume <laughs> after everybody left. And, you, and, and you know, Sam, a one big gust of wind, that could have just taken you miles. Yeah. You were like a big sail. Yeah. It was so weird because I remember there were these European kids that were like in their early 20s and they wanted to try on the costume. So I let them and they just ran off with it. And I must have been on some sort of prank, like, you know, Norwegian TV show or something because they were filming it because I'm stupid. And I'm just like, why are they filming this or whatever? So they ran off with it, but they couldn't hold on to it because it's a frame. And so I chased after them. And I think somebody else was with me, maybe Mike or somebody else was with me. So we've all chased after them. So we we found parts of it on the ground um, of sunset. So as we we're going past Pinches, past, I don't know, I forgot which bar we were in front of, but I found the rest of it. They kind of just took off and threw it away. And I'm like, I don't understand what the point was, first of all. And second of all, like, who does that? Like, who, who like, takes somebody else's costume for, like, shits and giggles, I guess. And... Norwegians. I, I guess. Or maybe they were sweet. I don't know what, I, I honestly don't know what language they were speaking. Uh, they could have been German. I don't know. But um, I was like so pissed. And then I got back. And then I think everybody was getting into cabs and stuff. And I was like, no, no, go ahead. Because I think Mike was going far and other people were going far. And then I was left by myself and I wanted to cry. And Z was like, are you okay? I'm like, I just need a ride. <laughs> I just want to go home. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting Halloween. I mean, before all that stuff happened, it was great. Because I remember we went to a restaurant. We went to Bossa Nova. Yeah. And then beforehand. we went to that um, that lounge that's by, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. And that, this makes for great content. But it's the one that's on um, La Brea. It's, it's by Moshti Malone's. It's in that same strip mall as Moshti Malone's, the ice cream place. I don't remember what it's called. It doesn't really matter. Well... We can think fondly yeah. of those Halloweens because I don't know if we're gonna have one this year. I know that's the, that's that's kind of like weird. You know how I was just thinking about this the other day about how everyone kind of gets so excited about New Year's, and I feel like that's like the same feeling you get at Halloween in LA because it's just like West Hollywood and it's fun. And yeah, you know, right. And then it it never ever is. It's just like New Year's. It just never lives up to the hype. Nope. And it's really disappointing. And I feel like we set ourselves up. We have too many high expectations. But with COVID. It's great. You have low expectations all around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that, um, I mean, maybe it won't be as topical and who knows what will, you know, what the world will look like come Halloween time. But the McCloskeys would have been a kind of a ripe for um, being parodied for a Halloween costume. The McCloskeys are that St. Louis couple that were swinging their guns around in their front yard. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is the right time for it, nor, uh, you know, probably uh, not a great idea to have Halloween costumes that incorporate weaponry these days. Um, but also, there's probably not going to be a lot of Halloween, so who knows? Well, we'll see, I guess. Who, I mean. who can say? Yeah, I think the whole gun-toting thing during Halloween might might slowly, hopefully, end because it's just silly right now like you don't know if it's real unless it's like orange but still even though like i i get really uncomfortable um kira has a friend that has like toy guns and whenever they play it just makes me really uncomfortable and she's like sh you know pointing it at me and shooting and i'm like i don't feel yeah. comfortable with this so we have no guns in the house paper like like fake or real um but we have a really good security system <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's uh it's weird because it's all these different things that you have to think about as a parent now. Um, just whether or not, like, I think most content, luckily, um, a lot, a lot of children's programming don't have guns at all. Like, you know, we were just talking about like a while ago, how in Looney Tunes, they, they got rid of guns right, and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, why do we, why do we need it? To be honest, like, we, we don't. Even in the, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I may, I believe that in the early iterations of Hamilton, they, um, they had guns on stage, like in this, in the scenes like Battle of Yorktown, 
later on, Lin Manuel's like, no, we're just gonna mime it. There's no reason for them to be holding guns. Yeah, I think that they might. I don't remember. I have to rewatch it because you know I watched it recently. That was like my first time seeing it like on stage. Um, but I want to say at the duel there might have been. Well, the duel still has the guns, yeah. but like, but like in the first act, because I remember this is right when it was first blowing up. Oh, you know what I think it was? It was right when um, Hamilton was really blowing up. Like um, literally, this was the um, the the, the right, right around the Emmy, uh, the Emmys, the Tonys when they won all the awards. The um, uh, Pulse shooting of that gay club in, in Orlando oh, yeah. was like the week before, and I remember Lin Manuel saying that on the Tony on the Tonys show they were going to perform Yorktown or one of the songs that normally would have had them carrying prop guns, and he t- he had to take them away. And then I think going forward, they just never did the show with guns again. But the dueling scene did have dueling pistols. But a lot of the early American Revolution scenes had like them with prop guns. But this is like a week after the pole shooting, and Lin Manuel's like, "No, we're not going to do that." Good on him. Yeah, then that's yeah. I wonder if they had like um, um, color guard guns. You know, what I'm talking about the rifles. They looked, yeah. I think they were like the ones that are just basically blocks of wood. Yeah. But yeah. But still, I understand that's a bad look, especially hi Kira. I... Getting our our I weekly like visit your, uh, head head headdress. It's a headband. Headband. You can, you I can like speak, it. kiddo. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> kiddo, she farted. Oh, there you go. I have a yeah. I have a ge- I have a guest here too, but he's very very lazy. Yeah, who's who's your dog? Who's Lou, who's Lou dog? Louie, Louie, Louie. Okay, come here. Um, I'm, see, not, not a great visual, but there, there he is. Are you, are you dog sitting? Eh. Are you dog sitting? I, I am dog sitting, um, at a, um, it's a safe house location. I can't tell you where, okay. but I am dog sitting. Yeah. It's still in St. Louis though, right? I can't tell you that. But, um, do you ever call him Lou Dog? <laughs> see, the, the, like in Sublime? The, the, the short version, Sam, is, um, I actually, um, am in hiding, <laughs> Having to do with has has a little bit to do with um, I'm being chased by um, a group of Libyan nationalists. Uh, something to do, you know, basically a bomb sale that went wrong where I took their plutonium and I gave them a bomb case full of uh, pinball parts. Good can't, call. And I can't get more into it than that. Can't get more into it than that. Um, what was your question? I was asking, um, do you ever call him Lou Dog like in Sublime? I do not. No, I call him. I I go formal. I call him Lewis. Oh, yeah. not even Louis. No, he Louis his official name, but I, I but we, if I'm being if I'm being stern with him, I'm trying to teach him a lesson. It's Louis. Oh. Fair enough. Yeah. He's a, he's a good dog. He's enjoyable. Very low key. Yeah. That's good. That makes it easy. Yeah. Um, I love Louis Dog in Sublime. I'm not even that huge of a Sublime person. I didn't really get into them until I moved to LA. Actually. Um, and that was like what ninety eight, and that was after he died and everything. Um, but were they one of those? You know, I was the same way. I didn't, you know, I didn't move to LA until after like Sublime. I, I know Sublime was very much a thing, especially like in the Long Beach. Um, so you know, like the Southern California thing. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Be- beach areas, like, um, and I know that they did, but I don't. I never knew if they were one of those bands that sort of did get amplified because the guy died i, th- I believe it probably did. you know I, like some they were about to go like, on like a they, world they had, tour they had, like they were i mean they were pretty they popular some, they were about to go on tour they had some good songs but yeah. there's you know and it, it, the obviously nirvana is a terrible example because nirvana was awesome right but the mystique of nirvana was definitely amplified by kurt cobain dying that's not to say they wouldn't have stayed making great music it happens all the time with celebrities. They're like, go back to the, Buddy Holly. Go back to like somebody like Buddy, Buddy Holly or Richie Valens. Who knows how great they could have been? But right. I feel like the, re- the reason we are all very, very familiar with them, especially Richie Valens, who only had like two hits, was because of how they died. Yeah. yeah. Like, can you, can you name like, and Buddy Holly, like, can you, can you name three Buddy Holly songs? And granted, he was only 19 when he died, so he didn't have that many. But, does that include um does it include Weezer's Buddy Holly? <laughs> I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> well there's Susie Q. Um Every Day. 
No, is it CCQ? It's. Or am I thinking? What? I'm like no, I, Susie. I, there's something Susie. You know what? It, it, Buddy Holly is a poor example, just because. No, um, uh, every day is a great song. Yeah. He's saying Peggy Sue. I mean, Peggy he, Sue. Peggy Sue. Of, that's what. And that'll be the day that I die. That'll, I mean, he's yeah. had a lot of songs. He had a lot of yeah. Richie Valens a little bit less. Richie Valens had uh, Donna, and his version of La Bamba. I can't name any song besides La Bamba, to be honest. You know Donna if you heard it. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I I would probably recognize it. Yeah. I feel like Buddy Holly's music is in a lot of movies and stuff that I watch. Yeah. You know. But you know, again, um, like those 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 guys could have gone on to have amazingly long, dec- decades long careers, but we are they're so famous because they died so young. And I same with uh, although it didn't quite happen to the same extent. Like, um, never really raised Blind Melon's profile that he died. No, like that. Um, I mean, they had their they had their one hit, and that was it. Yeah, that that's that's an example of that. But Sublime was just one. Not having grown up in Southern California and in that beach culture, I never knew just how big they were or could have been. Well, I'll put yeah. like, I'll put like this. Blink One Eighty Two was like the number like in that ninety four, ninety five, ninety six era. Like their first album was the number one selling album in San Diego. So the yeah. Cheshire Cat. I think was, I think in the in the nation, like well, Blink One Eighty Two was. Well, no, I mean, that's dude, before they became Blink One Eighty Two. Their second album was right. the, the big dude, one. Dude Ranch was well. Dude Ranch was the they had one album before Dude Ranch. Dude Cheshire Ranch Cat. is the one that had "Damn It" on it. That was kind of their breakthrough hit. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one was the take was it "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" or the one that had all the huge song huge right. hits on it. So um, with the nurse on it. Yes. Yes. The, the cover. That yeah. was uh, Janine, the porn star. Yeah, oh, was she married great. to Vince Neil. She was. Sure, she, I'm sure she was. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fill in the blank of rocker. The yeah. the pre um, Dude Ranch one was even before Travis Barker. Yeah, like, there was he another didn't join drummer until that album. Um, but I mean, Damn It is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's still, and it's, um, it's, it's, good karaoke it, song. And I'm used amazingly in our favorite movie, Can't Hardly Wait, when, yep. the, poli- when the police show up and that's yep. that's everybody's just running in every direction. Love Burger's about to start. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the first time they're going to play. That's actually, the, it's the reunion show since they broke up earlier in the movie. Yeah. Um, yes. The, uh, I'm kind of sad that I was hoping now that, um, you know, Tom, Tom DeLonge left Blink to go prove that aliens are real. But they are real. And now that the government has flat out said, yeah, they're real, why can't Tom go back to the band? Because they have not been the same without him. I mean... Well, I mean... I don't know. They Like, Tom did, what, two other bands after that? Angel and Airwaves and Boxcar Racer? They had a between... They had, like... They all had side side hustles. Yeah, yeah, I Um, mean, DJ AM and Travis... Yeah, and, and Travis just shows up on all kinds of things. Now. Well, that's because he's a drummer. He has to like he doesn't get the he's kind of money that everyone else gets because he's he, a good, he's a good drummer. Well, though. yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, I mean, it doesn't. Drummers don't usually have like they're not the writers of the songs, so they right. don't get as much. Nah, money. not usually. Though, um, though, I believe if I looked it up recently, Travis and this could be because of all the work he does outside of the band anyway, is the, has the highest net worth of all the Blink-182 guys. But that also could have been inflated by the huge settlement he got from the plane crash. You know, that that, that could do it. Yeah, that's... And kind of in the same way, you know, like Tracy... Tracy, Tracy Morgan, Morgan is worth almost... Tracy Jordan. I, I, I was going to call him Tracy I, Jordan. I Tracy Jordan. <laughs> I, it, it, took, it took me my, a minute in my head. I'm like... Is it Jordan or is it more? I mean, he's he's playing the same person. Um, he's lemon. Sorry. Like his net worth is a hundred million dollars, but yeah. 80, eighty some odd of it of that was from the settlement from Walmart. Was it a Walmart truck that hit him? Yes. Uh... Was, he was in one. He was in a Sprinter van uh, in the middle of the night, and a Walmart a Walmart truck driver was falling asleep at the wheel and hit crushed the sprinter van killed his fr- killed tracy morgan's friend that was in the van with him and tracy morgan had to like relearn how to walk yeah so it Wal- was bad walmart i mean walmart really knew it fucked up i mean they gave him 88 million dollars so they knew that that was a so they, what, that they they messed up that, that's what two days of profits for them maybe <laughs> yeah, not even exactly 20 minutes 
So Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos just made that since we started talking. I know. Oh yeah. His um, whenever, whenever he, uh, I I forgot who it was. One of our execs said like whenever he like the amount of time it takes for Jeff Bezos to take a shit is like multiple people's salaries at this company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to so her to her credit, Mackenzie, um, she goes by her maiden name now, but formerly Mackenzie Bezos, um, his ex-wife, who. What is it? Could probably what? What did, what did she get? Seventy three billion dollars in that? Divorce? No, she she got took a lot less. Like she was, there was no prenup. She was with him. Yeah, for, she could have had half of pre everything pre Amazon. She could have gone for half. She probably just realized I don't want to. This is I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. So she ended up taking like thirty five billion. Oh, yeah, thirty five. Which uh, again, yeah. this is not a. But it wasn't half. No, like, no, I knew it, it wasn't half, but I knew it was a quite a. It's still a, the largest divorce settlement ever. I believe. Yes. Yes. And it, it wasn't half and it still made her like the top 10 richest woman in the world. Right. Um, but what she's done is amazing. The amount of money she's already given away and she's earmarked it. You know, she signed that pledge that like Bill Gates signed where the, you know, the, all the billionaires, the, are giving, the giving pledge. Yeah. yeah. That they're going to give away most, if not all of their fortune and hers are earmarked very specifically for like, racial causes um uh, women's causes and she she even released the amount of money she's spending at each one and it's it's across the board all of these yeah you know, equal you know, all these causes that are very you know she basically she came out as the one that's like yeah she's the good one yeah the jeff bezos was not the good one oh no he's the bond villain it's a given yeah he's the he's the one to be bond villain he's closer to a dr evil uh well or what would elon musk then i thought that was more of the Austin Powers, bad guy. Well, Elon, no, Elon Musk is more. Um, what was the bad, the Simpsons bad guy? Was it like Scorpio? Oh yes, yes, Scorpio. Uh, yeah, that's Elon Musk. Uh, that's or, good. or maybe Elon Musk is like one of the earlier Bond villains. Like, um, I forget what the like, not like Blofeld, but you know, like earlier earlier ones. Right, right, right. Like, uh, uh, oh, I'm I'm drawing blanks on Bond villain names right now myself. God, I there was there was. Blofeld was like the head of Spectre. There He's was, the uh, Doctor Evil. Yeah, yeah, he was the one with the shaved head. Yeah. The um, I was like we were talking the other day by text, but um, if anybody like wants to wants to find an interesting podcast, uh, Rob Lowe's podcast. I oh, I've been much, listening to that. I'm enjoying it. Recommendation. And, she, and there were two. There's uh, which ones have you gotten through? Um. Well, even though I'm not a big fan of hers, I'm actually warming up to her, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. It's interesting would, to to listen about pre pre fame Gwyneth Paltrow. I, you know what? I listened to that one yesterday. I was listening to them out of order because I wanted to hear the Mike Myers one first. But she Gwyneth Paltrow, and it, it's the whole podcast is just an hour of Rob Lowe, and they're always his friends. Like he, he's not just interviewing people. Like these are people that are clearly his friends. Like, and I thought Gwyneth Paltrow came across as very likable. Like, she always has this demeanor that, like, this cold outside demeanor, but I think she's really funny. I think she's worked really hard on her, um, like, just overall brand image over the past couple years because she, because I'm starting to, like, like her again, which is weird. <laughs> I mean, there's only a couple of roles that I like her in. Like, uh, Shakespeare in Love is okay, but I don't think it was Oscar worthy, personally, you know? I think we're all um, there on that one. Yeah, she's great in Emma, and she's great in Sliding Doors. She's great in the Marvel universe, even though she doesn't know which oh. movie which movie she's in. That which is yeah, fun, which is like, hilarious. I mean, she's okay. I mean, I guess, but like, uh, there's nothing that's she's done recently, and she's even admitted her, she doesn't even want to act anymore. So yeah, that was um, that was actually kind of a candid, I, I an impressive thing for an actress to say that she doesn't enjoy acting. Like that's why she wouldn't. But the, the reason why is because she got an Oscar when she was. Re- I mean, she got an Oscar when she was really young. Like it kind of. I mean, I feel like if that's like the ultimate prize that you can get as an actor, super young, like, yeah. you know, it kind of, it's not that it's devalued, but it's just like been there, done that. I'm like, what else can I do with my life? And I mean, luckily she's able to kind of harvest her fame and all that stuff and, and do something else that she really actually genuinely, in my opinion, I, I think she genuinely, the, you know, entrepreneurship part of it, but, you know, she's able to do that because of her fame and her resources and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, once you get an Oscar, you know, I think she was like, okay, cool. But that's only because I, I, she was young when she got it. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, 
the Helen Marins of the world who are amazing actresses, you know, that have, and they love the craft and they love to be an actress and they, they will do it their entire lives with or without an Oscar, you know? Yeah. I did, I did enjoy her, the retelling of how they came up with the name Goop. Did you, did you get that far into it? Oh yeah, like, no, I, I, I listened to the uh, entire please, thing. Please inform someone who hasn't listened and probably won't. Well, there were two, it, it's a two-part story. One, Chris Martin used to call her Goopy as a nickname. Okay, but but she she was uh, like a brand person, marketing brand, some some something or other was trying to help her come up with a name, and then he suggested Goop because of the the G and P on the ends for Gwyneth Paltrow, and he said, and all the tech companies these days put two O's in the middle, like Google. So he's like, why don't we just do that? And, and Gwyneth Paltrow said her initial reaction to that is, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. But then she's like, but then Goop kind of warmed up to me. Uh, that's kind of... Or I warmed or I warmed up to it, rather. Because it is a very stupid name. But Agreed. It's, it's her brand. That, Everybody it, knows it. And works. It's a, it, and she, it's a name that won't go away from your head. Once you hear it, you're like, it, you're like think Goop. And you're like, Gwyneth Paltrow, instead of like something slimy on the floor now yeah and, and she's very um she has a good sense of humor like rob Lowe jokingly brought up the vagina eggs multiple times and she <laughs> laughed about it oh yeah i mean the, she made um, a candle smelling of her vagina so you know hey yeah what can you do she anyway highly until high uh, enjoyable um episode okay so nate i i since we were talking about shakespeare and love and you guys are both you know fans of uh or not really fans of this do you believe like this has come up before, not via us, but we should take like five years off before we do the actual Oscars. So the movies come out and then it's five years later, kind of like the Hall of Fame. Then we select what the best movies are. Oh, so you don't have like a, a uh, of that a, a recent bias. Recency, you're just talking about a recency bias? But, yeah. So if you were like, if we were going back to 1999, Elizabeth, Shakespeare in Love, Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and Thin Red Line are the, the five mo- movies nominated. And you're like yeah, be, Shakespeare in love. Saving what? Same should be Saving Private Ryan. Saving. Okay. Sam, you're gonna. I don't know. Wait, wait. Shakespeare in Love won. Shakespeare in Love won. It was. But a... I mean, let's be honest, though. I mean, this is. Let's... Okay, and she first. And yeah. It... Oh. That it's all marketing and rallying with the Academy. Yeah. Like a majority of that is. Let's be honest, because. I mean, Green Book won. For as much as I love participant media, I used to work for them. Like, out of all the movies that won that year, like, Green Book won? That's so weird. And I don't think they even, like, rallied it in anything. I think a lot of the, 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 the voters were just like, hmm, what should we vote for? What's a good story? And it's always, like, the blandest things that win every year. Yeah. That's kind of, like, the overall consensus, right? Like, something that's universal, something that, like, maybe touches on a topic that everyone likes or, or you know, makes people think about certain things or whatever. Like, I don't remember, like, any movies as of recent that won that were just like, oh, yeah, that, that totally deserved to win Best Picture of the pa- Year. Well, pa- Parasite. Parasite. Well, yeah, I mean, besides, I mean, besides that, like, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen Moonlight, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, mm. like, like I, I just don't watch movies anymore. So that's, that's my own other issue because I don't want to blame the kid because she's old now, but we just haven't had time to watch all the movies. But we used to watch them all the time, like, from the 90s to, like, the mid-aughts, at least. A lot of the movies that won, I'm just like, really? I mean, I guess that that's an Academy-worthy, you know, movie. The King's Speech, you know, The Artist. All those were Weinstein films. Oh yeah, I, I five years like you know, a lot of movies don't age very well. So if, like if you know if we're we're going back to what was that ninety eight? That was ninety nine. Shakespeare in Love. Oh, but that was yeah. made that, in ninety eight. That's going back 90. a bit too far. But I think I like your your idea about going back five years because that's just recent enough that you remember it, right? But it's also not like like you know you go back and look look at movies that I. You know, I fucking loved Gladiator, and I still enjoy Gladiator. Should yeah. it, should it have won all the awards it did? No. I fell asleep. Um, remember when we watched it, Nate? I do. What movies do. don't you fall asleep in? By the way, I don't fall asleep in many movies. It's just wait. Didn't Nate's we around. see that? Whenever Nate's did, around. Did you see that with me? Yeah, I did, I had that effect on people. <laughs> did didn't we? Did you see it with me at the when at the, the Ackerman screening? I think no. that's right. I saw it the first time at the at the Ackerman screening. One of the one of the plus sides to going to school at UCLA is we used to get these amazing screenings um, for two dollars. 
ahead of time, like usually a month or two before the movie would come out. And some, some were better than others. Like, um, sometimes they, the cast and crew would be there, uh, or, you know, cast, I don't think you care much for the crew, but like, and they would do Q and A's that not for gladiator, but I remember specifically, um, analyze this. We, we went and saw analyze this in in the, um, theater at the film school. No, it was the, the, yeah, that was at the, um, performing arts center. And, um, Harold Ramis, Billy Crystal, and um, and Robert De Niro all came out and did a Q and A. Q and A that was hosted by Chris Hardwick. That was his his single out days. Crystal Chris Hardwick. Wow. And then the um, uh, the Mr. Deeds we saw. Oh, that Mr. was great. Deeds, and not the only, movie wasn't that great. The movie actually, sucked. The movie uh, sucked. It's not it's but, not his worst. No, it's not his worst. It's not. Well, it's not no, by it's any no means. Little Nicky. Okay. No, I, I, I'm also a fan of Little Nicky. I like those two uh, movies. So. What made Mr. Deeds so cool is that um, Adam Sandler came out afterwards and did a live recording of his newest uh, Hanukkah song. Oh, nice! And he said he's like, "Okay, guys, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna I'm gonna record the new Hanukkah song, and this is gonna be on my album." And he did it in front of all. We were the crowd for it. That's cool. That was cool. Although my my personal favorite was um, Dogma. Uh, Kevin Smith did Dogma, and Kevin Smith didn't come, but Jason Lee oh, did. He's the best. And Jason Jason Lee is such like an awkward person, yeah. like a Larry David type, where he's just awkward and weird. And he nobody really knew what to ask him, but somebody had a skateboard with him. The skateboard, so Jason Lee was just up on stage doing, you know, he's, he used to be a professional skateboarder, right? Doing tricks, but the and I probably mentioned this on the podcast before. My favorite. He basically gaslit this poor girl who kept wanting to ask questions about the movie he was in. The uh, it was a movie called Kissing a Fool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With uh, Julia Stiles, David Schwimmer. Oh no, 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 no! It's not Julia Stiles. No, that's a different one. Sorry. I don't remember the woman. The woman. Um, she's not somebody who was well known, but it was like a love triangle movie with David Schwimmer, Jason Lee, and it was called Kissing a Fool. And this poor girl kept trying to ask Jason Lee about the movie because she loved it, this and that basically was gaslighting her by like he kept saying that he he was never in the, in the movie that that movie he's like i don't know what to tell you i was never in a movie with david schwimmer and this just kept going on like she was like yes you are it's one of my favorite movies and jason's he's like no i'm sorry i wasn't in it gave up the woman is millie avatar okay yeah yeah so this this poor girl got gaslit and she she just gave up so that's how that's how much respect Jason Lee had for that that film that he made. Did anybody stand up and ask what, what's a Nubian? <laughs> I think. <laughs> Sorry, I that's think my that second was, reference of that. Quote. I th- was Dogma pre chasing Amy or a post? Yeah, it was post. post? It was post. Okay. It was definitely post. That is, yeah. That, Sam, that's you could say that any time, and I'll laugh every day. it was. I know my audience. What was it? It was, it was Clerks, <laughs> Malls, Mallrats chasing Amy. Morath. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. And then Dogma? And then I believe it was Dogma. Yes. I mean, I'm 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 trying to think, but I believe that's that is the order. So. Um It doesn't get a lot of, well, a lot of movies don't get a lot of love. I mean the, I I mean Sam and I can quote Mallrats forever, but it you know, it's not I wouldn't say it's a highly respected movie. Um It, and it was in a way. Dogma Chasing Amy was a highly respected movie, which like, is keep, you know, shocking. That, it, that was like critics actually enjoyed that. Dogma, I just remember Dogma was more famous than anything because the religious right just oh, got right. destroyed by them. Um, and then, and then Clerks Two, the one that was the dumbest, but I still love one, love the most outside of Mallrats is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's actually that's my favorite, one of my favorites as well. Like, there's just so many, and it's I, I you know, and it's just like um, Tarantino does the same thing where it's like that. It's this, it all, you know, it's all in one universe. Like Kevin Smith, he calls it his view askew universe. So characters from different movies can pop up in every, other movies, right? And, and like the big climactic end to Jane, Son, and Bob Strike Back just brings back characters from all his movies. I thought it was great. One of the in the one of the greatest in jokes in the movie is when they're filming. They crash the set of Goodwill Hunting Two, Hunting Season. <laughs> yeah, Hunting Season. 
and it's and then in the just in the background of good of while they're shooting goodwill hunting Two hunting season is um uh oh god what's the director who did goodwill hunting gus uh, van sant gus van sant there yeah in this fake set of goodwill hunting Two, gus van sant's just in the background counting money on a table like it's it's perfect i mean you can't argue with this it was a smart move or a smart movie in that way like how they played it and the characters just, were much more enjoyable. I don't know about he, Clerks 2. Clerks know. 2 was not as good. But though, to be fair, uh, he did say he only made Clerks 2 because he, he did it out of a promise to um, to Jason. Um, the leader of the Clerks. Guy plays, Jason Mewes, who oh, okay. plays Jay. Uh, if, he made a promise to Jason Mewes because Jason Mewes had like a horrible heroin addiction. Yeah. He made a promise to him that if he got his life cleaned up, he would write Clerks 2 for him. So that's why that's it's that's how that got made, and then they've um, he has the newest one that's that's I think it's streaming now. He was taking it around the country before this all this Corona stuff happened, but it's called Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, right. it bring it brings everybody back. So I'm curious to see that too. Uh, where is that? Uh... Well, it's a funny. So um, there's a there's a podcast that I listen to called Real Blend, um, and they. It's because I used to work at Cinema Blend, and Cinema Blend like makes the the podcast. But it's interesting because it's just three like guys that love movies, and they you know um, it's part of their jobs. Like two of them work for the Fox affiliate, one in Chicago and one in DC, and the other one is like the managing editor of Cinema Blend, the, the site that I used to work at. And they just talk about movies, and they interview celebrities, interview directors. Um, it's fantastic, actually. I would rec- highly recommend the podcast to anybody. It's R E E L blend but anyway one of the guys who's a huge kevin smith fan um i think he's uh, the one that's out of uh dc kevin mccarthy he actually was the person to get ben affleck into that movie because they hadn't spoken in a really long time him and kevin smith apparently they had a mm-hmm. falling out and then he asked ben affleck in an interview like hey like i, I forgot the story because kevin kevin smith actually tells the story a lot now but basically I guess Kevin McCarthy was like, Hey, like, why don't, why don't you ever talk to Kevin Smith? And like, you know, I hear he's doing a new movie and blah, blah, blah. And Ben Affleck's like, yeah, we don't really talk anymore. And so it kind of like opened up that whole thing with them. And they, you know, I think it was something over something silly. I'm sure they stopped talking kind of just because of something. And then it kind of just like a few years go by, you know, it's kind of like you're in friendships and whatever. And, never really resolve their issues and but they're not like they don't hate each other they just don't talk that much anymore so anyway it got kevin uh, it got kevin smith and ben affleck back together just opening that conversation and yeah i think it's fascinating because like ben affleck is such a major role in that whole world Mm -hmm. it would be weird about him in 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 a reboot or whatever so i think it's awesome that he you know because i think both of them are just like, dude, of course I want Ben on it. And Ben's like, of course I'd do Kevin Smith's movie. He just needs to ask me. You know what I mean? And I think he had to rewrite to add him in. So hmm. it's pretty cool. I kind of want to see it too. I think it's on one of the streaming services right now. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think it might be Prime. I don't remember. Yeah, unfortunately, like, I, lo- I used to love Kevin Smith's stuff. But I, 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 they're kind of like Weezer to me. It's like, you like them at a certain time. And Dave Matthews, I guess, too. Like, you like them at a certain time in your life, and then you just move on. Yeah. The shame so with Dave Matthews. like I kind of... There's a difference yeah. between Weezer and, Sh- and Dave Matthews Band. You are shamed for being a fan of Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> Trust me. I know that feeling. And... You know what? Dave Matthews was really good in the 90s. He was. He was fantastic. The mm-hmm. whole... It, early, yeah. er, and into the early odds. I'll say. Am I going to his shows right now? No. no. I outgrew them. And and they're a great jam band, don't get me wrong. Like I'm sure Nate is very well aware of his sister and brother in law's love of jam bands. Because mm. they're like what are they, fish heads or whatever they're called? Fish uh, yeah, it's fish Jason heads. Yeah. is Samantha, um don't tell anybody, but Samantha hates fish. <laughs> but she goes. Or she lets him go. To yeah, she lets shows, him go. No, so. she doesn't mind the music. She does not like going to the shows. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's you have to be a big fan. Like, I have, yeah. I have a whole bunch of friends that are deadheads, and they go to all the shows. Yeah, you know, whenever they're in town and stuff. And um, one of my old coworkers, actually, I mean, you know this Nate because of our group text. But one of my old coworkers is married to John Mayer's brother, mm-hmm. so I see him, but just pop up on her social media sometimes, and it's weird. She's like, "Oh, Uncle John's in town," or whatever, or they'll go to his shows. 
and you know they obviously have like vip passes so they're like backstage and stuff so i see like a other side of it um but it's just fascinating because all those people are just dancing and just hanging out at all the deadhead shows and i think it's such an interesting culture uh a part of me kind of was just like that sounds so cool but then another part of me is like eh, um yeah <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Josh. Josh is a huge Pearl Jam fan, and Pearl Jam has like a different type of following. Yeah, they're they it's they have a it's just as loyal, and they and they have a jam not not a not a jam band, but they're, it's the grunge they era, man. It's like that weird. They're the ones to survive it all. Like yeah, all the bands. and they they do a different yeah. show every show. Yeah, so every what, show yeah, that you go what, to, yeah, the, it's is different. different. Same and 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 they yeah they like I wouldn't say Pearl Jam jams. No. so much but yeah the way they, they mix rock. up their shows like you could see Pearl, <laughs> you could see pearl jam okay boomer <laughs> on 10 different oregon trailer thank you very much <laughs> um yeah you could you know you could see pearl jam 10 straight nights if they had like a, a residency somewhere and the all 10 shows would be different yeah, yeah i have friends that that follow pearl jam around too so like a you know cult following that they have too but I just feel like a lot of the other jam, quote unquote, jam bands get a bad rep. I mean, if you like their music, you like their music, whatever. Like I, I don't hate like. I mean, like, I, love I used bands to be as much a, as they do. I used to be a fish. I would. I guess I was a fish head back in the early '90s. Uh, it was one of my first concerts. Oh, nice! Was yeah for fourteen dollars. I got to go see Fish in San Diego, and there was like no one there. Because wow. they hadn't quite reached California yet, because hmm. the Dead were still touring, and the Fish were viewed as like a secondary. It's like, oh, you're not, you know, it's like a lesser, the other Deadhead kind of thing. It's like they're the, they're the the chosen, the anointed ones to take over for the Dead once the Dead had moved on, which they kind of have, but haven't. They keep going. Yeah, I mean. Which is, you know, good on John Mayer for helping out with that and everything else like that. So, and I, yeah, of course, in those times, like everyone was listening to, I don't know how it was like in California or St. Louis back in the early, like, like 94, 95 era. We, we listened to Nelly exclusively. Yeah, I figured that might be the case. That was what, 97 when he, 96, 97? Country, when he had country, country Grammar came out in 96, I think. Yeah. I just remember the kids loving the Nelly and Kelly Rowland song back in uh, Wales. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They loved yeah. that. That was playing every night when I was uh, doing boarding duties. So no matter what I do. <laughs> yeah. That one. That's yeah. you think about yeah. is me. I had kids. Yeah. Be- it's such a good song. Oh, so, so, so yeah, it's a great song. I, I, it's that I love and, it. and the, the Ja Rule and Ashanti, like they did several songs together and like Ja Rule mm-hmm. and JLo, like all of those duets were super popular. At, yeah, in that time. era. Yeah. yeah. And I always get it confused because I don't know, I'm sure they did songs together, but Nelly and Ashanti were like a couple in real life. Like they were together for many, many years, but I can't, but everybody associates Ashanti with Ja Rule because they had the hits together. Oh yeah, they had many hits, and they did the mixtape, uh, the Hamilton mixtape. I don't know if you listened to that. Uh, no. You should. You should have your mom listen to the Hamilton mixtape. She'll like. It. She actually might. There's, there's a chance. There's a Regina Spector and Ben Fold does a, a really good rendition of um, was it Satisfied? I forgot which song. Yeah, Satisfied. Um, and I don't know. Like it's just a reworking of a lot of the songs. Like your mom's familiar with them because she, she yeah. probably knows all the music. Just have a, it's great. Um, but yeah, Jodwell and Ashanti got together again for, for the Hamilton mixtape, and I was very, very excited. <laughs> I was like, ooh, <laughs> another song with them. I don't know why. There's something about them two. And uh, there's also, what's that song called? Um, hey Ma, that I really liked. All those duets yeah, okay. were really good. That was Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. Hey and, yeah. All those duets, like even like Beyonce and Jay Z, Crazy in Love. Like, they were really popular. I don't know why they don't really do it that much anymore these days. wasn't wasn't what well, the the one with J Lo and and Fat Joe. I can't think. Of, I, I'm very bad. I, with song I mean, they're still stuff. doing it. like Cardi B and uh, Nicki yeah. Minaj are doing them. It's just we gotten old guys and we don't care. So oh, definitely don't care. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, besides Taylor Taylor Swift and and Beyonce dropping new albums, that's the only thing I know about 
about music recently. And I've been really into Dua Lipa, but that's just, you know. Oh, she is awesome. She's Nate, exploding Nate, everywhere, you know? Nate's a big fan. I am a big oh, yeah. fan. Well, big she's fan. really, she used to be a model. She's really gorgeous, too. So that doesn't. I'm about the music, you know, hurt. Sam. I'm, about, um, I'm, all, I'm about the music. Uh huh, sure. And the music videos. Hey, and uh, good news, some really good news. Takashi69 is now free. He's a free man. <laughs> is he on witness protection? No, he decided to go the other route. He was, uh, he'd been on, uh, under home confinement for the last four or five months. He was able to get out early for um, because COVID. of COVID. And they, they finally took off the, uh, the ankle bracelet. So he's a free man. So we'll get, fingers crossed. See how that goes. He decided he for, he decided to forgo witness protection. He's just basically traveling around New York now with armed a lot of armed guards. And he has a target which, on his head, basically, right? Yeah, like, which what, what would be a horrible way to live, like to just not ever feel safe. He's very recognizable, though. I mean, all the tattoos on his face and stuff. It's like he can't yeah, even be like wear a hat or anything that to like made disguise the, himself. That would have made the witness protection a problem. Like, you know, people would make jokes about how, you know, he wouldn't have been able to be a uh, an Applebee's employee in, in somewhere in Kansas because he, he, he'd stand out. But he does have a shit ton of money, so I guess he can afford all the security in the world. I don't know if it'll help. I mean, it helped help Tupac? Um, not so much. No. Not so much, though, to be fair, Biggie and Tupac, uh, both of them, weren't really rolling with a lot of security. Biggie was in a sitting in a car with, with – um, who was he in the car with? Tupac was in a car with Suge Knight, um, and it was just them. There was no security. They were in Vegas. And then Biggie – when Biggie was shot in front of the Peterson Museum, I don't remember who he, who he was in a car with, but – There's a funny conspiracy theory going around right now that I've, I've uh, discovered in my quarantine time that uh, they believe that Biggie and Tupac are members of Jurassic 5. There's a conspiracy theory running around with that. People need to get over it. Just get over it, guys. I, no, but it's hilarious. I, I, I recommend people looking into it because it's, it is funny that two members are... are, are well, what's sad is that they were so young when they died. Very. How? What were they? Like twenty three, twenty four, around there. Something like something like that. Yeah. I've actually never really. I'm like, oh, like I like the music, but I was just like, wasn't into the music at that that point. Let's oh, we say. It's so good. It was. Yeah. But it wasn't so like good. I had the albums and I was listening to it nonstop. I was just kind of like, it was always on, so you didn't need to buy the albums at that time. But the deaths were un- unnecessary. It just feuded the music industry of that style of of like hip hop yeah. then. So living in the suburbs of San Francisco, which is a very loose term because Modesto is super far, but that's like our closest big city. Um, it was really awesome. I don't know. It just was something that was exciting, and it was on MTV, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was it was like being pushed onto society in a way that was really exciting and all that stuff like gangster rap and all this, everybody was like hating it and everything. And, and of course, as a, yeah, I'm not supposed to listen to this. Cool. I'll listen to it. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, that was a, it was an era where like you had, they were legit. I mean, gangster rappers, they were legit. A lot of them were legit gangsters. Yeah. Like Snoop, Snoop was in a gang. Snoop was charged with second degree murder. Yeah. Uh, like it's crazy, crazy. His, his, flip like now he's doing you know now he does stuff with martha stewart and people just kind of completely ignore his his criminal past well i mean Jay-Z Same with ice, cube, ice cube ice Jay-Z? cube some... Question Jay-Z? yeah you can go through a lot of them you know yeah had a lot of uh you know marky mark bit of a yeah. Yeah. bit of a, a great person for beating a asian man used to be racist yes. i don't know if he is racist anymore i hope he isn't from the interviews yeah. I've read on what's happened since, he's done better. So, I well, like that our, our discussion of the le- the legendary legends of hip hop when we went Snoop, uh, Tupac, Biggie, Jay Z, and then Jay Z, and then and then Hugh just slides in with Marky Mark. Had to had to get it was hip hop <laughs> at the era, you know. Dude, my, my coworker who was twenty three had did not realize. I think I mentioned that did not realize that Marky Mark like rapped before he was an actor. What it, so. did you tell her about Donnie Wahlberg? 
Well, that's the thing. So it was, the it star was a guy. Of Bloods? It was a guy. And so he, he's 23. Love him. Like, and we were talking about um, Mark Wahlberg and we're talking about Ted. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Cause like, you know, there's that whole list where he lists like, trash names. Yeah. All the girls. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's so great. Like, that's, you know, fantastic. I'm like, yeah, he used to be a rapper. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he used to be a rapper. And it like blew his mind. And I'm like, go look up Good Vibrations on on YouTube. <laughs> and, and what was his reaction to Good Vibrations? He's like, oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> he just was like, so surprised. Those parents like, did he, not do a good job knew, with their son. No, but he knew that he was a model. Right. Like, I I don't think you would gauge like knowing who Marky Mark is as like a you know, a parenting fail. By the way, it's eh. it's okay. I think it's okay. You don't have to know. But this is the thing. All the, you know, younger generations is just like, well, I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't around during that time or I wasn't, you know, that was like old. But I'm like, you have all the resources now. Like we didn't have that back then growing up. We, we couldn't go onto YouTube and look up like Led Zeppelin no. concerts or like any, like I, like, you know, famously, you know, I, my entire classic rock education happened in college because my parents didn't listen to it. They're immigrants. They had no idea what classic rock was i would listen to it on the like like the equivalent of k-earth you know or whatever in modesto but i didn't know and a lot of my education came from movies movies that use those those songs or like movies that have covers of those songs in them i had no idea that a lot of songs were covers or whatever and i like researched and like got the soundtrack or whatever because the internet didn't exist now they have access to all these things and they just they're just lazy, Sam. They're yeah, they just don't educate themselves. Or, like, nobody tells them about it. But, like, aren't you curious? Like, aren't you, like, kind of, like, now there's, like, so many views that you can watch of, like, if you want to be a filmmaker and, like, so-and-so is your favorite, actually watch so much footage of them talking about their process and talking about how they got to where they did or, or whatever. There's so many resources. And I think it's amazing that you're able to do that. Like, we didn't have any of those advantages back then. Or just even listening to, like, how a song was made or, like, what inspired the song. There's, like, you know, there used to be, like, all the speculation about, like, what the lyrics were for a certain song or where they came from the idea of a certain song. And now it's just, like, there's interviews of them saying, oh, this is what it was. And you're, like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's definitive. You know? <laughs> like, it's it's just so different now that it's, it's, it's kind of awesome. But a lot of people in the newer generation, like, I don't either they don't care about it or like the the information and access is so there that they are too lazy to look it up. I think you, or whatever. I think you just got it there with a the ladder. Yeah. And it's like, don't you wanna know? Like I think our generation is so like we wanna know because you know, I used to always tell Josh and I used to always get mad at him. I'm like, you're so, like you always just like you always wanna be right about everything. And he's like, No, it's like I wanna know what is correct. You know, like yeah. there's that that whole aspect <laughs> of our generation of like we want to know what's right and what's wrong. And because we didn't have that access growing up. And now that we do, like, we can ask Google anything. Like, we have our Google assistants. Like, even Kira asks Google questions, you know, like, if we don't know the <laughs> answers to it. So it's it's kind of an amazing time that we live in. But in a way, it's like a lot of people aren't utilizing those resources, which is really frustrating, too, because there's certain things that people should know, And it's so easy to find the answers. And they just don't, you know. Yeah. This is these are all true things, and we're failing yeah. as a society. Like I, I always go with the, the idea of like how many numbers did you used to remember, just off the top of your head, like phone numbers, of friends, family, whoever that you used to call. I know I know about five, five people's numbers now. I know five one, or six. I have I know one number that's actually a relevant number now, and that's my sister because uh, yes two. <laughs> And the the crazy girl's um, um, phone line, he knows that. One eight hundred crazy both girl. Li- both lines. One eight hundred, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One eight hundred crazy girl. Yep. Cray cray. Abogados dos 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 dos. I definitely know who to call if I get into an automobile accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but I know Nate's still just because he's had the same number for forever, and right. I used to call him all the time. I know Josh's. I know my my family's, and I know Angela, like my best friends, and that's right. it. So maybe like ten. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if that. Maybe. Shock, shockingly, Kira knows our phone number, and our address, just in case of emergency. We we we've taught her. Oh, that's cute. That's good. 
That's yeah, because some people. So, like, you know, with the whole crisis on the border, when, you know, when people, they were talking, they were doing an interview, and this was like a couple years ago. Right. Um, they're saying that, like, they would ask, like, who, who, who are your parents? And they're like, mommy and daddy. Like, kids don't know their parents' names because uh, they never told them. Right. Or yeah. they know it offhandedly, like, but people refer to your parents, but like, your kids call you mom or your kids call you dad. And so we've been very, like, aware of, like, okay, like, this is my name. This is your name. This is, you know, mommy's name. Like, if, if somebody asks you, like, your address, don't give it to them if you don't know them. But this is your address if you do need it. Right. And, like, this is our phone number if you do need it kind of thing. But, you know, she's five. Yeah. That's a good little <laughs> tidbit for closing out today, I believe. Yeah. That's a good parenting advice from Sam, Sam Morgan. Uh, I don't know if it's well, good, is, but. That's useful. For us that don't, I, I'm like, that's a. That's it's probably better than the 10 minutes I was ready to give you on Bubble Boy that I was promised last week, Sam. But you didn't promise it. You said that you wanted to talk about it. I was promised it. I mean, you could talk about it right now if you want. We, we, we can no, go. we're already going long. Yeah, Maybe we can go week. into next week. We, we can, I will make note of Bubble Boy going for next week. I'll try to rewatch it. I don't even know if it's available on any streaming platform. No, my right now. my Bubble Boy dissection will just become the new uh, Matt Damon. We yeah. At a time for Matt Damon, we'll we'll just keep doing that. <laughs> Their feud is hilarious because I know that they're friends. We all know that they're friends. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. but it's it is genius. I my especially my favorite one is I'll, I'll watch the clip every so often is the one when Ben Affleck came out wearing Matt Damon like in a trench coat. And yeah, like that, and he's like they're like all tall. He was like enormous, and then Jimmy Kimmel's like, "What's what's going on in there? What's going on in your coat?" And he opens it, and Matt Damon is like huddled up. <laughs> it's great. <laughs>